Whippa! Welcome back to the one and only Minorities Report Film Podcast. It is your weekly deep dive into all things movies and entertainment through a colorful perspective. Your favorite minorities are back reporting for duty. It is me, Raul Nevado. And here with me, as always, is Mr. Moshama. What's going on, sir? Hello, everyone. And our producer, Dre, is not here with us, too. Day. It's just us. Uh, Sean, what'd you think of uh, of uh, Aguanile? Oh, it's great. It's really like enjoyable. Like uh, it makes you want to dance. Uh, it fits the theme of the month, uh, the time yes. now. In honor of Hispanic Heritage Month. Goodness gracious. Um, I wanted to open with my favorite salsa song of all time, Aguanile by Hector Lavo. It's a great one, great choice. It, uh, it's so fun. Um, it's so funny because I used to love the song, uh, the percussion in it, the, the, the amazing. And um, and I would ask adults all the time when I was young, like it's a very old song. Um, you know, I, what what does I want to mean? And uh, and no one had an answer for me. Eventually, I had to <laughs> I had to Google it. <laughs> oh wow. <laughs> And Google is still kind of questionable on it, but apparently it's a very old word of like uh, the natives in Puerto Rican and like in Puerto Rico in their language. And it was like a song of like a, a word of praise, you know, it's like a word of praise of like great things. Oh, that's it. Yeah. So, um, and so it's, that, that's why he decided to make a song about it. Just a celebration. The song is really just a celebration. Um, and it's just meant to like have just, just a fun time. Let's party. That's great. So I, I love it. I love it. I love it. Uh, so, what uh, we have had a an eventful week. Yeah, I think we like the best like two three weeks. Like even the, the, since the pandemic started, and we're watching lots of things. We're visiting lots of TV shows that like we didn't have the time before that to watch. Recently, with with like these film festivals happening, like TIFF and New York Film Festival, mm. and they're getting ready for the Emmys and getting ready for the award season. October, like the fall, everything, lots of screeners, lots of TV shows, lots of upcoming movies, yeah. lots of opening or original things on, on Netflix, The Peacock, um, HBO Max, Apple TV+, Plus, Disney+, Plus, everywhere. Yeah. Lots of content for everyone. And, for, no, t- and no time to watch anything, uh, and to rewatch anything. Exactly. And I love to rewatch things. Like yeah. when the weather starts to cool down. I love to to rewatch not old things like things that like we, we we have seen recently, especially like movies. I love to revisit them, but like I, I feel like there's no time. Well, like I've mentioned in the last uh, several episodes, I'm rewatching Naruto and the anime. Yeah, and uh, and I can't I can't just sit down and watch it anymore. I get, I sneak in an episode before I go to bed, and then sometimes in the shower I'll just prop my phone up. If, like, <laughs> if I remember that something like intense was happening, I'm like, oh, I need to watch it. And so I like prop my phone up in the shower while I'm taking a shower and watch it. But like, I don't have time to just go and sit down and watch and watch, like rewatch something uh, for fun's sake. Cause we're just, there's, there's, there's so much content dropping plus the film festivals um, that it's just too, too much to digest too much to get through. So anytime I'm on the couch, I'm just like, Exactly. I can't watch anything aside from like the stuff that I have to watch. Yes, I cannot. Like we we we, we don't have the time to watch the new things. So we no time to watch it to rewatch. But like I just like 
last week, no, no, like, yeah, last week I was trying to um, watch Avengers Infinity War and Endgame back to back. I don't know why, like they just popped up on my mind. So I was writing the review for uh, The Devil all the time. And like I played Infinity War in the background, like even not watching it. Like I just having Thanos in the background talking. We got a multitask. We're becoming experts at multitasking. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so we're covering NYFF. Yes. Um, NYFF New York Film Festival. Uh, man, what? So uh, last week everything launched. Um, we started getting our stuff, our, our screeners and stuff early last week, and so it's been it's been nonstop. Um, you know, one thing I want to talk about, which we're going we're gonna to get into, we're going to talk about news and all that stuff, guys. But like, I really wanted to, to spend a couple of minutes talking about like this, the craziness of this week, and also like the 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 celebration of like film festivals, like like it's it's been a while, you know, uh, COVID. As I'm sure everybody's tired of hearing about it, but like as it has turned the world upside down, yes, and has really disrupted film festivals. You know, we had South by Southwest canceled. Mm-hmm. Um, Telluride, Telluride, canceled, canceled. Um, and then film festivals have either been trying to figure out if they're going to cancel or postpone, or well, postpone if they can, but also uh, digital. Yes, and YFF went digital, and it has. It's the first time I've experienced a film festival like this. Um, I'm guessing it's yours as well. Yeah, like because they are trying to do that the drive-in at the same time, but the drive-in are for like some like locals in New York. You yeah, have to actually yeah. go and sit in your car. It's a it's a different experience. Which TIFF had the same thing. Uh, they had like some drive-in and some like in theater experience, but everything was virtual at TIFF mm-hmm. at, at New York Film Festival now. Also, one of the um, local film festivals in Chapel Hill, North Carolina, uh, Film Fest Nine One Nine. They are turning to uh, drive-in um, on October 14th, and they are doing it this time at two locations. And we just like, hope everything will, will go perfectly with them. We are supporting them. We will be there. Yeah, I saw you posted about that on the site. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's, it, everybody is having to rethink and redo things. It's so funny to think in New York uh, they're doing, like, drive-in screenings for NYFF. And like I can imagine, so many New Yorkers are like driving. What's a drive? What's yeah. driving? And there? it's selling out. But that was, that's great that they were selling out. But like, the that weather that is good. New Yorkers again to discover what it. Is. <laughs> well, the, the other thing is like, how many New Yorkers have to be like, you have to have a car? I don't have a car. Yeah. The, and it, actually, some of the programmers from New York Film uh, Festival on the press opening press uh, day, they, she was saying like, I cannot go there because I don't have a car. Like yeah. she has to go with somebody. They're like, oh yes. Lots of and then and then with COVID, it's just like, well, who do I trust enough to get in the same car with <laughs> that? Like I know is I can trust not to have COVID. It's man, what a and it's rough oh, for them to have rough. sponsors yeah, to have yeah. to 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 have the the best way they can do to avoid piracy to have like watermarks like to trust the press and not only that like they have tickets available for sale for general audience. So to 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 know that like you have to make sure that these movies will not be pirated because we, we just like, yeah. we want the industry to survive and, and we, we want these fun festivals to survive. Drive-ins are the number one places for people to, to buy yeah. their movies. And now it's like, a big issue. Virtual, like uh, lots of support, lots of money spent on these virtual screeners, on these like platforms that they are uploading on the watermarks, all these people that they, they, they are doing this, this effort Think, think like the, the sponsoring, the sponsors that are sponsoring these fun festivals. I'm glad that like all these companies are sponsoring them. 
I actually think it's going really well. It's really going well. Um, all things considered, I think it's going really well. Um, the only downside I have is that it, they don't have an application. Yes. For uh, for screeners, yeah. which is very very infuriating. I love the one from Tiff. Like the pro one is great, yeah. and I thought like in your Tiff had a great one, yeah. Um, but I really I, I was expecting NYFF to have. We have a first world problem now, like because we, we are watching all the screeners <laughs> on the Apple TV. Yeah. And the Apple TV apps like uh, that are embedded from for for screeners are really good. Yeah. And when you have like a screener for something that's not available as an app, yes, we can like play it on our computers and uh, uh, airplay it on the TV or using Chrome, Chromecast or using any kind of mirroring. But like when it's um, fully embedded on the TV, it's it's great. But like we we appreciate the effort they are doing yeah, at yeah, New sure. Festival. Also, and, I appreciate. The diversity of exactly. the films, like the diversity of films, like is phenomenal. We've watched films in I feel like most languages, <laughs> most of the major languages. Yeah. The uh, content this it, year is phenomenal. It, oh my gosh, um, I've I've watched more film, more foreign films this week than I have my entire life. I'm right, glad that you did that. Yeah, week. I love that you it's, did that. I tell you what, it's not been easy, <laughs> but because, uh, like, for example. Malmkrog, oh. which is first off in many languages, yeah. primarily French, yeah. features many languages, yeah. and the entire film is dialogue. It's just talking, talking, talking. So, like, I'm my, my I'm like bouncing from like the words to their faces to the words to the, so that I can get the performance and get the the blocking and the surrounding and the sh- like. You know that it's shot in a beautiful. It was beautiful. beautiful, beautiful old home. Um, so I'm like really trying to trying to take it all in. Man, it's three and a half hours long. Yeah, it's one of the movies that like are really the, the talk about it will take long time. Not as the movie, but it will take long because it's more <laughs> experimental. Every every chapter of the movie is like you are saying, why did the director decide to do it yeah. this way? Why that way? And like I I understand French, so for me like to. I'm wa- watching and, and and it's using like beautiful like screenplay and the dialogue is great and the choice of words and embedding like history and uh, from this point of view at this time it, it's great. We will talk in deeply uh, about like some of yeah, the New we'll, Film Festival in one of the episodes. Yeah, we're gonna do we're gonna do more coverage on NYF films and all that stuff moving forward. I don't wanna I don't wanna make this episode all about that. Um, but it's it's been a great experience. Uh, one question I do have for you, Shama, that I do want to cover here is, uh, you know, we again so much diversity, a lot of big films uh, this year, a lot of films that are getting a lot of buzz. But one studio is missing, as is what it was missing from TIFF. Uh, it's Netflix. Why do you think Netflix? Did not submit. I mean, they have incredible films coming out. They have Trial of Chicago 7. Mm-hmm. David Fincher's latest film, which he hasn't done one since Gone Girl. So mm-hmm. it's a lot of buzz. Mank. Yeah. And it, it like this was a question for most of us, like most of the press at TIFF. Before, like, when the state was announced at TIFF, at, uh, at Tillerite earlier, before it was canceled, at New York Film Festival, why this is happening. I don't think that Netflix answered this question, but this is my personal speculation about that. Mm. This year is different 
of course, it's unprecedented and we are tired of using this word, but Netflix has the least amount of competition ever. Yeah. It's the, the only platform that was initiated and, and strong and there before everything started sure. that was easily accessed with a click of a button. You know, it was there available online. So I believe that Netflix this year decided, okay, we will not release all these movies earlier and we will just let people think about them, talk like why they are not there. And then when they are released, that let, let the audience be our buzz, save the money for publicity and use the audience, especially that like we are talking about the trial of Chicago 7 getting released in, in October. Yeah. We're talking about Mank had October release. It was originally October 21st, then they took off the, tw- the day, but it's still having a 2020 release that having October so far. Which we, both are sure pretty much locked to be to have yeah, Oscar. They have to have Oscar nomination for Best Picture, I believe so. Like I have Aaron Sorkin writing and directing yeah, Best Chicago play, right Seven. There. You have like seven, more, like more than seven great actors, like including like Oscar winner, like Eddie Redmayne, Oscar winner, Mark Rylance in Trial of Chicago Seven. You have Mank, a David Fincher movie in a different way. You great have director, like great director, like. A great screenplay written by him and his father. Uh, you have a great actor like Oscar winner. Um, you have also Ron Howard's movie, Hillbilly Elegy, yeah, yeah, yeah. written by Vanessa Taylor, an Oscar winner for uh, Shape of Water, and like a, yeah. a great cast like a- Amy Adams, Glenn Close. This movie is all these so, three movies are ready. So, what you're saying is, if I, if I can summarize it, you're saying you believe it is strategic. It is not, as some people are speculating, because they're not as good as some would say, or as or as Netflix wants you to believe they are, but rather because they're like, we're gonna we're gonna not submit it. All this buzz is gonna happen, and then people are gonna have to come see it on our platform. Yes, I believe so. That people uh, that's that, that's part of them of their idea, and also maybe they said like, why should we rush post production? Why don't we like perfect sure. it to the best way possible? Sure, 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 sure. Why don't we invest our times and the money we are spending on publicity at these fe- festivals at this time because people will come to us and spend it in acquiring more movies? And this is yeah. what they just did. They are acquiring more of documentaries. They acquired Malcolm and Marie, uh, uh, John David Washington right, yeah. and Zendaya. They are acqui- so excited. They are, yeah, they are acquiring more movies. Um, Trial of Chicago Seven is ready. Like they, yeah. like it's ready and post production is done because like the movie started screen screening for some of the press Incredible members. Trailer. Some of the critics have already seen it, so it's ready. But I believe that they they they, they said oh, let's refrain from doing this and test it. Yeah. It's a year that we are testing things, dif- different ways of analysis. It might work. It might be better for them. Last year they have like. Dolomite is my name, or the, the film festivals, all of them. Uh, the Marriage Story, The Two Popes, uh, all these movies that were, uh, like, the Netflix had, like, The Two so Popes good. was great. Like, so good, yeah. Six movies were there everywhere, and they were great movies, and, and they were, like, final post production was great in the movies, but this year maybe they said, okay, let's try something else. And I'm okay with that. Let's, and it, they gave a chance for other smaller movies to be there. We don't know. Maybe we will never know, or maybe we will, we will know soon. Also, one of the b- big movies that, like, Over the Moon, we don't have any animation that was submitted, and 
this movie, oh. we, yeah, it's 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 a great Chinese heritage movie. Netflix Netflix cho- chose it like and and directed by one of the Disney legends. Like like everybody thought that Disney would be di- directing uh, uh, producing this movie. Glenn Keane, like the director of Beauty and the Beast, and have great voice cast. And it's expected, everybody who's working on this movie saying this movie is expected to be nominated for Best Animation for mm-hmm. the Oscars. So, and it's ready, could start its screeners as well. So I believe if the movies are ready and they are not submitted, they are just like waiting for um, closer to the release mm-hmm. so they can have more buzz. Especially that the Oscars are late next year, like yeah, in yeah, 2021, yeah. like we're talking about like March, April time. So... That's a good strategy. It might work. It might work. Yeah. Um, and then staying in the topic of big films, and getting back on the topic of NYFF, some huge films with a lot of buzz at NYFF. Uh, we got Night of the Kings. Yeah, the Ivory Coast production. Looks phenomenal. Um it was recently acquired by Neon. It was for, for domestic release and most of the Neon uh, territories that they are covering. Because yeah. it, it played at TIFF. It played at got a ton of buzz. It played at Venice. Played at Venice. Neon acquired it. Yeah. And now it's played at NYFF. Yeah. Um, I am. Um, we're watching that. And Ivory Coast sub- submitted for the Oscars for the international feature. Like lots of countries already submitted theirs for 2020. I'm, I'm really excited to watch that one get coverage on that. Uh, we also have. French Exit. Mm-hmm. Michelle Pfeiffer and Lucas Hedges yes. closing the New York Film Festival. We have uh, Steve McQueen's Small Acts, yeah. which is a, a series of small films. Um, you know, we got Lover's Rock, which we already covered. I, 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 I covered it on the site. Uh, we have Mangrove. Mm-hmm. And we have Red, White, and Blue, which are coming up soon. Um, a lot of buzz around that. A lot of buzz about, around what Steve McQueen is doing with that. Um, and the representation that which is incredible. Yeah, talk about heritage, representation, yes. history from another point of view, from a different angle, reminding people how can we mix, blend these things together? How are yeah. we talking about like uh, forgotten things that scarred lives? We we put them together, you know. Like sometimes we don't want to talk about them, but like we need the reminders to have things always there. To learn from them, yeah, and from Steve McQueen to we have short movie from from Pedro Almodovar. Like after last year's Pain, Pain and Glory movie, we thought like he would not have time to make another movie for this year. And I made a short with Tilda Swinton. Tilda Swinton, and watch a Who great choice. Like I love just seeing her in five minutes on the screen. The movie yeah. is thirty minutes. I'm okay with it. Yeah, it's I'm called really... The Human Voice, oh, and I'm... we're watching this today. We're and we're this. Sure, we're not recording. Uh... <laughs> And then we're um, also Nomadland, which uh, uh, is the first film, correct me if I'm wrong, to win the Golden Lion at Venice Film Festival and People's Choice at TIFF. Yeah. Uh, Directed by Chloe Zhou. Uh, the director of The Eternals. Yeah. Marvel's, Marvel's The Eternals. Now, they dropped the, 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 the... So it's called Marvel's Eternals. Oh, Marvel's Eternals. I apologize. <laughs> I am not keeping up with the times. Um, starring... Francis McDormand. Francis McDormand. Who... Uh, uh, three billboards outside Ebony, Missouri. Yes. She, her performance is incredible. I'm so excited to see her in this. And that film is getting incredible buzz. Um, and we are, uh, we should be watching that tomorrow. Man, I am, I'm, I'm so psyched. Uh, yeah. I, and of course, there's a ton of other films. 
um, a lot of international films that again we'll be discussing later on. Uh, yeah, lots so, of lots of from all over the world. Like uh, we have great movies about Isabella from uh, Argentina. We have uh, we we have like movies from China. We have uh, Days from uh, Bing yeah. Song. We have great names. Yeah. I'm, I'm like one of the biggest movies. I'm excited that you mentioned like Nomadland. Um, Chloe Zhao. Like uh, everybody's talking about like how she is different. How that like her 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 ideas are different. Yeah. And how how 20th century uh, Fox or like Fox Searchlight chose her for uh, for Nomadland or like her idea and what she did and how Disney. Uh, put her as best choice for Eternals. Like, I want to see this. Like, I'm so curious about yeah, how, so curious. Why, how they yes. chose her and why they chose her. Um, but again, guys, there's so much to cover. Uh, we will be covering this content uh, either. I mean, it's going to be a mix of like on the side, on the pod, or possibly some films are going to be covered on both sides. Um, so expect uh, at least we're definitely going to have an episode covering NYFF more in depth, but make sure you guys keep an eye on that uh, on, uh, on both sides because hey we got a new site up if you have not seen it if you didn't get the word new site is officially launched um we're gonna have all the latest content on there you can find the podcast on there if you want to um we're also gonna have all our written review we have a lot of stuff on there um we're gonna have all the news articles stuff like that any conversation we have about uh trailers um any trailers you're you're not sure uh you know you you kind of fell behind on any trailers you can find them on the site, um, and we're going to be discussing a ton of stuff on there. So make sure you guys get uh, go on the website, mreportpod.com, and, hey, go ahead and subscribe to the newsletter. Um, so that way you can get just like all, the, all of it in one beautiful package delivered to you so that you can keep up with everything that's happening and everything we're discussing and everything we're reviewing. Uh, but, again, we're going to be discussing all that, everything going on. Um, yeah, on, on both sides, so you can be sure of that. Yeah, be part of this. Be part of the show with us. Let us know what you think about uh, the website, what you think about how it looks like, how, wh- what you want us to write more about, our reactions about trailers, the way we are talking about them, our reviews, um, the news. We are trying to, to get glimpses uh, everywhere, from here and there, what we, we, we know, what we learn, what would be exciting for us, what would be excited, exciting for you. Yeah, 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 for sure. mreportpod.com. Dot com. So let's get into now the news. So let's get officially into the report today. First up on the report, the box office or... or the fall of the box office. Man, how bad is the industry right now? Mm. Who can imagine this? The unexpected, it, it's happened. Like everybody all over the time, like since the 40s, many have thought that the cinematic experience would have ended. Mm. When the TVs started, they said like the, the cinemas will end. Then the VHS then the DVDs in the in the nineties, the surround sound, the four K TVs, at, four K projectors, or four K projectors at home. All these like were were once the apocalyptic points of conversation about the end of the industry, about the end of cinema, about the the end of theatrical experience. Like the industry might like work in a way or another, but like the end of the cinematic experience. No one ever saw a virus to be the reason 
no advancement in technology. When when they said like streaming services are coming, like all oh, yeah. cable, like when they said like cable at the beginning, then the streaming services, and then now we have like everybody subscribing to Netflix, Hulu, Peacock, HBO Max, Disney Plus, mm-hmm. Paramount Plus is coming. Like all these things are coming, <laughs> you know, like and every Apple TV Plus, every all these pluses are adding more pluses out of your pocket, getting more subscription mm-hmm. added to your monthly bills, but. Are the cinematic experience ending? Like we, we we have been talking about this like for nine, seven, eight months. Unfortunately, we don't know what's what can happen. But the 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 numbers are not promising. Mm-hmm. Things are changing. To see like a Christopher Nolan's movie like Tenet, worldwide grossing of two hundred and forty million dollars. Only 37 million from domestic releases. This is like in, in the third week and the fourth week is coming. What, 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 what's happening? Yes, it's, it's the pandemic. People are still like not feeling comfortable going to the theaters. Mm-hmm. Even after all these like safe and clean restrictions, after all these spraying and things. But even in China, Mulan opened in China with $57 million worldwide release in three weeks, for two weeks for the movie. It's, it, we don't know what's happening. The BVOD, the Disney Premier Access for I mean, Milan... We, we know what's happening. We know what's happening, <laughs> but like, we don't know what's going to happen. Yeah. We don't know how things are going afterwards. We can speculate. But... Speculation about like Mulan doing on Premier Access like... About two hundred to two hundred and seventy million dollars, which is more than they expected. more than what I expected. They expected yeah. one hundred and fifty million. So right now, Disney is. We don't have final numbers from Disney, but this right. is about like Yahoo Finance and like some of the other financial places that are doing their calculations upon Disney's numbers and Disney's revenue and income through this time. But like, why the movie didn't do that much in China? While the movie, big movie like the Eight Hundred, a Chinese production, dominating the Chinese box office. With three hundred and thirty-one million dollars in China, grossing four hundred and twenty-five million worldwide. What's happening in Hollywood? Like productions are back, movies are starting filming. Like we just heard in an interview with Eddie Redmayne talking about *Trial of Chicago 7*, that they are in the third week filming a movie that we did not expect to to go back and, and resume production. *Fantastic Beast*. Three, the third installment in the new trilogy of the Wizard World of J.K. Rowling. It could be the first good one. It, I, I, I hope so because like <laughs> J.K. she wrote the script for the first two, and now she went back to the screenplay screen scriptwriter that wrote Harry Potter to, to helm writing this with David Yates directing. So I really hope this one will be good. I'm I'm glad to see all these people back. Like we have like lost lots of people lost lost their jobs. We know that like time can perfect things. They had like six seven months to to have rewritings to work on visual effects. Things can get better. But are we expecting these movies to come in theaters? Are we expecting all these productions to have big screen debut? Are we expecting what? what are we, we expecting to actually see, see Wonder Woman Wonder and Dune? Yes. And, and 
Christmas? See, we know, like, Wonder Woman was initially slated to be released in June, then pushed to July, then pushed to October. Now it's just got its theatrical release pushed to, to Christmas time. Are we seeing Wonder Woman coming on HBO Max? Are we expecting Dune to come on HBO Max? I don't think so. No. Denis Villeneuve, like this visual experience has to be watched on the big screen. But we said this earlier about Mulan and then it landed on Disney Plus in the US. And I, 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 we agree or disagree about the quality of the movie. We can listen to us discussing the movie on Mike, Mike and Oscar's wonderful episode discussing, joining them, talking about this movie. But here we, we don't know what can happen. All these movies are getting pushed. I remember, Raul, when, when Universal pushed uh, Fast and Furious to April of 2021, what did you say? You said this is the great choice. Yeah, I figured that they, they must be planning for this to take longer than people were anticipating. Yeah. yeah. And do you think Universal did the good, the good choice? Yes. We don't, we, we don't know. Did you, is the Universal deal with AMC the good choice? I don't know. Honestly, I don't know. And, and, you know, everybody's discussing theaters. How are theaters going to survive? And, like, people are, of course, discussing how could you not the universal deal. You know, the 70 days, the 17 days not only, but, like, also the fact that they're planning on somehow giving a cut of the PVOD revenue to AMC. I don't understand how either company... Right, AMC or Universal came to the conclusion that, like, you know what, you deserve a cut of what you have nothing to do with, which is the PVODs. So, like, I I don't even understand how how Universal accept. I, I wouldn't have, right? I, I don't understand how you could come to that conclusion, in which yeah, I'm going to give you like a part. A middle point of sacrifice between them, like saying that, like, okay, Perhaps. okay, theater chains, okay, exhibitors. We will take out of the 90 days and we'll make it 17 days, but we'll give you a cut from PVOD. On what basis? On what basis? Yeah, Maybe they no can idea. increase their, their cut from the theatrical experience and give the exhibitors more money, but we don't know. Do, do you think the other studios will, will follow their steps and do what Universal and AMC did? Do you think AMC will do the same with Warner Brothers? I mean, we, again, we don't fully know what's going on back there. And maybe we just do just don't understand. Uh, we just don't understand the minutia of all these things that are going on, all these business practices. Yeah, they have like a bigger picture. And, but, but I just I just don't see how any other studio. I mean, in particular, Disney agrees to make a deal in which I'm going to give you a cut of my my PVOD again, again, which you have nothing to do with. Um, I know that AMC created their own uh, streaming platform in which you can buy movies on. Yeah, it's like you buy movies on demand. It's yeah, not like streaming. It's like Voodoo. Yeah, it's like, yeah, it's like Voodoo. Yeah. Um, I, I can see them being like, you know, we'll give you the first two weeks your movie's exclusive on PPOD on your thing, and then they get a cut from that. But this didn't but, happen. But, but no, but yeah. like I don't understand how it's just like from all of the PPOD stuff. Because like if you buy a movie through Apple, Apple gets a cut. Mm-hmm. If you buy the movie through uh, Amazon, 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 gets, Amazon a cut. gets a cut. So, like, I guess, but like, how 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 is it that now, if you buy a movie through Amazon, Amazon gets a cut, AMC gets a cut? Yeah, <laughs> and then, I, I think I think they, just, did, they did not clarify, but I think it's like 
a very minor percentage. Maybe they will get like more deals on their on their platform of buying movies AMC on demand. Maybe, but nice. I don't I don't think that they will get from from the PVOD like a big chunk. But that's how they phrase it. Yeah, that's how they phrase so it. We're gonna like, see. We're, we're, I guess we'll just have to. We'll, and, we will definitely keep. And you mentioned that. like something like Disney. I've got like several lines under the word the word Disney. I, Disney, if they sign this deal with the exhibitors, it will not be the same way. Yeah. I can see like some movies can get that day and date like the same release here and there with several with different percentage, but I don't see it will work the same thing yeah. with Universal. But like everything is changing, everything and is changing. people are sacrificing now. Like they have to do. Something well, like now, small chains are reclosing. Exactly, we've already, we've we've been seeing. We, that. we mentioned this earlier. We said like we, we they are opening, but they like will be reclosing. they will be reclosing. We, yeah, and they, they there is no movies. Yeah, they have like ten. That's their that's their big thing. It's just like until there are new movies coming out, we have no reason to be open. Um, we have all the chains are reducing their hours of operation. Yeah. Including like something when you see like AMC Disney Springs in the, one of the busiest locations and they don't have like any shows after like 9 p.m. starting yeah. like next week or something. Yeah. Universal Cinemark, like like the last show at 7 p.m. So they, they start like the uh, weekend, 2 p.m., 4 p.m., 7 p.m., weekdays, 4 p.m., 7 p.m., even at these busy locations. Yeah, that's crazy. You are talking about like I'm, I'm checking like Regal Cinemark and AMC. They have some locations that are closed either Monday, Wednesday, and Thursday, or Wednesdays and Thursdays. Yeah. So, And this is what we speculated earlier in the year. If the movie theaters will open, they will. They have to have a point. If there are no new, if there are no new content, they, will, they cannot survive opening every day. Yeah. They cannot survive having like uh, morning shows. And this is what ha- what's happening now. Even the weekends, they will not have late shows. Yeah. But is this a way of pushing for more? Is this a way for the for the studios to find an alternative way? Is this a way that like Disney Plus doing? We, we know that like Disney announced that their Marvel Cinematic Universe getting their their theatrical um, merge between the TV and the cinema. You know, like we have like those TV shows like um, WandaVision, which you just like released their new trailer. Uh, she Hulk just like got announced, and we talked about it on the website. There's an article talking about like She Hulk. The, the the writer and the director and the new casting and um, Falcon and Winter Soldier and Loki's show and the Hawkeye are these original content are the new thing or we're still seeing more of movies getting done and will go straight with big production like two hundred million dollars on on streaming services. I still don't believe that we can see like Fast and Furious debuting on Peacock in April instead of the theaters. Peacock, so this funny. is crazy. Or Dune. I or mean, Dune. Dune. Goodness gracious! If I, that's gonna. Be, yeah. I'd rather they push Dune to next Christmas. Um, and please them, don't move Avatar. Is Avatar? No, no, no that's Avatar is twenty twenty two. Like we still like have yeah, okay, face. Okay, like, okay. Uh, still, Avatar is safe right now. <laughs> I hope. Um, but hey, we're gonna keep you guys updated on that. Um, that, I mean, everything, everything is changing. We just, we, it's, it's this week has really, really been an awakening to see the box office numbers and just how kind of scary it all is. Um, I'm sure for the studios as well as for cinema lovers. So, um, again, we're going to keep an eye out on that. We're going to keep you guys updated, but let's move on now. Next up on the report, we got the news. 
first up on the news, of course, we're going to talk about the Emmys, which happened just two days ago, two days from us recording this. Um, and man, I mean, as Anderson, Anthony Anderson said, and as our boy Colby Mack, I'm sure would have said, uh, Colby from Colby told me, uh, man, hashtag Emmys so black. Yes. Yes. Emmys this year set the record for most wins by black actors. I mean, I'm talking Regina King, Yaya Abdul-Mateen II, Uzo Aduba, Maya Rudolph, that's squared because she won twice, right? Yes. Uh, Zendaya, Eddie Murphy, Lawrence Fishburne, and of course, like, you know, that's just actors. We can't forget about all the black filmmakers behind the scenes that also dominated at the Emmys this year. And lest we forget Tyler Perry getting the great honor of the Governor's Award. Yeah, I had goosebumps. I was almost like in, in, in tears, like seeing the, the story of success, seeing his his speech about his grandmother. I loved it. I loved it. Oh, yeah, I thought like, this can be a movie, man. Yeah. I thought like, you have the studio, so you have the production. You can make it a movie that can be an Oscar contender. The quilt. Just like, the quilt. <laughs> I swear. Like, I was thinking the same. Make the movie. Like, I saw, like, the poster of, like, the quilt of, like, these patches together. Make the quilt. Like, it's yeah. a great... Get I'm, a screenwriter yeah. that can write this emotional moment. Kind of like the picture. Remember the picture? Yes. Yes. Yeah. This would be a great movie. With Issa Rae. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. But for the Emmys, hey, that is amazing. Congratulations to all the winners. Of course, congratulations to all the nominees, but we already said that, but like... Uh, I was excited it's, for it's, everyone. It's amazing. It's, Mark Ruffalo, like, character, like, I in know. that in that yeah. movie, like, it's great. His speech was great. Yeah. Speech from everyone was so emotional. Yeah, but, con- yeah, again, congrats to everybody, and, uh, you know, amazing for the Emmys to, to make such, you know, for it to be so... Uh, again, to have such representation of yeah. minorities, it's, 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 it's incredible. Um, and starts with a, with a sweep. Yeah, like, so the Emmys, I mean, other things to talk about, we're, definitely think we're not going to dive into every detail of the Emmys, but like highlights. The Emmys started, so like, you know, the Emmys was really interesting this year because they had to do it social distancing. Yeah. So they had like over 100, uh, you know, people basically on a massive Zoom. Um, and they just kept cutting to to whoever either the nominees or whoever was speaking or whatever was going on. Um, our host, Jimmy Kimmel, was at the Staples Center, basically solo. It was just a crew. Um, <clears throat> and then it was very confusing because, you know, the show begins. We get our first several awards, and it's a sweep by Schitt's Creek. Which was amazing. Which yeah. was wild because, one – I've never seen Shit's Creek. Two is very confusing to me because the whole Shit's Creek gang was in one place and it almost it kept cutting to them so often that it looked like they were watching Jimmy Kimmel on stage. Like they were there and they were the only people oh, invited yeah. to, to the Emmys because <laughs> no, they won everything. Yeah, yeah. So it's just like, well, let's just invite Shit's Creek because they're the only winners this year. Um, but yeah, they literally swept every award in the comedy section. Yeah, it was it was unexpected. It was great. It was surprising, I believe, for them, because yeah. like seeing them and I, actually, I liked like the the place they were at. I think it, it was Eugene Levy's house or something, because like she said, like yeah, Eugene has like a microphone in his room. Amazing. So and Catherine O'Hara, like the way they were sitting, the way they were talking, like uh, it, it, the the surprise on their faces, like 
the dead talking about the sun, the sun talking about the dead, yeah. like, uh, yeah. like the speech. It's very endearing. And then uh, 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 Daniel Levy yeah. was so endearing. Yeah. Um, he, you know, his, his wins, like he was just so ecstatic. Even if, like, like what, say uh, uh, when an actor won. Like he was so giddy in his seat, and it was like so fun to watch. So, ex- so you know, such excitement. It really just warms your heart to see somebody that's just so excited about about this incredible honor. Um, and I loved it. And and, and you could, you know, he reminded me. You reminded me of this earlier. So yeah. And I was talking about it. You know, it, it was very much like uh, like. Um, oh Bong Joon Ho, yes, like in the Oscars, like Bong. I can't believe I forgot his name. Bong Joon Ho. Who like ran out of speeches? He was yeah. like, I prepared one speech. I didn't expect. I was going to win for a film, um, and he won all these awards. And and, uh, and then same thing with Dan Levy. He just like he, he just like uh, uh, I don't even know what to say anymore because I ran out. I guess I'll just keep thanking yeah. people. He expected <laughs> like to win maybe like the screenplay or one yeah. of the director, but like the uh, best supporting actor yeah. as well. Like that's so like funny. wow. So congrats to Shit's Creek, uh, uh, Shama. I know that because of the Emmys. You decided to, to watch immediately, which I have not seen a single episode yet. It, 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 it's a show that has never interested me, not one bit. But I guess now I have to watch it. But you show, decided, you took the initiative. You yeah, while, while I was watching the, the show, I said like, okay, Shit's Creek will be on my list tonight. And I was opening the app like I, I went to like, to Netflix. I added like season one to the to the queue, and I went to HBO Max to add Succession because like of I saw, course, I said like I have to watch this show. Yeah. Then immediately after the Emmys were, was over. Like I sat down with my wife, like watching TV, and like we watched like the first five episodes. It's lovely that every season is 13 episodes, 12 or 13 episodes, and each one of them is 21, 20 to 22 minutes. So it's so watching like the first five five episodes, and they, it was so much fun. And to see this amount of fun, funny moments, uh, jokes, hilarious moments at the at the beginning of the, of the first season, and people say that the last season is the most mm-hmm. hilarious, the most funny. I believe that like, the last one would be great. Hey, because Shit's Creek had not gotten much love at all. It did not. The award the beginning, to the yeah, at all. Yeah. This, for it to sweep this year is, is, is unheard of. It's an idea that like if even before the Emmys, I would not be interested to watch it. That's I saw the trailer. I, I, knew, I, I knew a bit of, of, the, of the synopsis of the premise. I just wasn't interested. Yeah, for me, it was but like, okay. I, it's not I, for, I, but, I need to go. But when I watched it, I said, like, oh, it's not why I expected the way it would be taken. Like the... the the shades would be throwing on, like the premise. So I, I, I really enjoyed it. I'm gonna, I, 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 I'll give it a shot at some point here. Soon. But as we said, like we really don't have time, like to watch things that we are not yes, like writing yes, on. Yes. But as far as it's still new, you know, like for me, so it's still new. Sure. So it's like we are talking. I still about haven't it. even gotten a chance to watch Watchmen. Yeah. Oh, I cannot. Which, believe it. which, which I'm still trying to get to. Um, but How that was you? also a big. I know, I know, I know. But that was also a big winner. Um, along with Succession for HBO, incredible. Um. Shit's Creek hilarious. Something not so hilarious. Uh, Jimmy Kimmel is, is the topic of a lot of conversations. I really like Jimmy Kimmel. I love his show. I really like him as a host. Um, people are talking about his his little uh, joke at the beginning. I don't know what you can call it. A, a little gag that he did with like, you know, because of COVID, he put the paper at the bottom of a can, the garbage can and like put the envelope in it and put sanitizer and then lit it on fire. And then they use a fire extinguisher to put it out and it caught fire again. Anyway. And people are talking, oh, how insensitive because, um, you know, L.A., California is on fire right now. That, you know, I didn't sure, take it I this didn't way. take it this way. Um, I'll tell you what not enough people are talking about, I feel like. And, like, something that really was not funny to me 
was his joke towards John Oliver about calling ice on John Oliver. Yeah. You know, ice is on the news right now so much um, because of just how incredibly inhumane they tr- they're treating immigrants. And, you know, to make a, a joke like that, I just did not find it funny. And I'm not a sensitive person at all. I usually can find humor in just about anything. Uh, but like, I don't know, man. I just did not find yeah, humor in that. What do you think? The, the word ice now cannot be used in any kind of joke. The, 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 the brutality, the inhumanity, like the way they are treating people there. Yeah. The, I just watched like a beautiful movie called like Yellow Rose yeah, yeah, yeah. dealing with this, this problem in Texas, like about like a girl and her mother and about like ice. And the, you see what's happening. So we cannot ever combine these two words in one joke. He can like say it in a way or another. He can say like, okay, we got to deport John Oliver, but like he cannot use the word like ice. Yes, ice. Like specifically yes. mentioning ice is the problem. Like let's yes. deport John Oliver. Okay. okay. Sure, exactly. But like not but like, use the word yeah, I'm gonna ice. Call ice. Yeah. Okay. Because it's I, really sensitive. I, I, to I can't think memory. of ice in a positive connotation at all. You cannot. Like the um, way they are depicting everything now, the way they are handling things. Under the administration, we don't want to get too much political, yeah. too much in the agenda yeah. happening right now. The but it's not, but it's not bueno. Needless to say, no bueno. But to be honest, I mentioned like Jimmy Kimmel like really nailed the show. He like, did, he did, he really. I recently like the past two. And I even years, like I even like the guy with Jennifer Aniston. I'm it like, was great. I have to go and like, yeah, you're you're worse now for another nine hours. Your you know your nomination. I, so she, and then they like talk, and she was she had all her roommates. You know that was. I love it. Like it was friends like gathering and like it. then like you see like Jason Bateman coming Jason in Bateman. with his daughter oh, like what's it. going on it. here? Like and Jason Bateman when he was like young, like sitting so in the good. audience. It it was really it. well well um uh, scripted, well directed, yeah. and his performance was really good. It was funny. I like what they did. I yeah, like lately did. like I didn't enjoy any of the award seasons like for the last two, three years. Like it was okay. I've got hosting this one was different. Of course, it's it's new for them, hosting with no audience, with no with what's happening. Uh, it was enjoyable. They yeah. did a great job. Uh, the whole show was really endearing and enjoyable. But the, but the but, highlight of the show. Yes. The highlight of the show for me. Um, you know, aside from, you know, Zendaya showed up at one point to announce something. And she looked awesome. She was wearing a dress that I remember Desiree said, I don't think anyone could pull that dress off. <laughs> um, but And I was like, oh, it was great to see her. Um, and then, you know... To see her win for Best Actress was something else. Um, you know, I, I I thought the odds were stacked against her. You know, especially since Euphoria didn't receive any other love. It got snubbed big time at the Emmys for all other categories. Um, so I really, I really was, I really didn't think that the odds were in her favor. And then she wins, and man, it was something else. Like seeing how excited ecstatic her family jumped up you know and she she's usually i feel like her performance is always like so composed um and she she's she's a person she like keeps it together really well um to see how giddy she got you know like like you know she became she looks so much younger than she actually is um it was so it's heartwarming and i loved i loved that that was the highlight for me because <clears throat> shama as you know euphoria to me uh, best series, if you don't include limited series, um, but it's the second best show overall after Chernobyl last year, um, for 2019. Euphoria, no, not enough people were talking about the show. Um, but now, but now, watch it. I'm so, I'm so excited. So many people are going to be like, "Oh, Zendaya won for something." Let me see. Euphoria, 
I guess I got to check this out. And like, I'm so excited for people to watch this. I'm so excited for people that are like, I heard there's a lot of penis in this show, so I didn't watch it. But like, I feel like now I have to watch it and <laughs> get over it. At least it's um, not the blue one in Watchmen. Yeah. So, <laughs> but like, I was so excited though, like for Zendaya. Like, you feel like she's, she's, she's a family member. You know, like she's like yeah. somebody that you know, that's like, oh my God. Like two days before the Emmys and like, she said like, oh, I will be at home, but I will be so excited to wear my dress. I will be like in, uh, wearing makeup and I will be ready. And like, and you're waiting for her, and and she had like great competition, like because like she literally yeah. all the other actresses like they did, did. great job. Jennifer yeah. Aniston, like in the morning show, she was phenomenal. Reese Witherspoon, everybody was great everybody in their great. in their shows, but like she did, uh, she on a different level <clears throat> in yeah. what the character was in Euphoria. And to understand this, you, the people have to watch the show mm-hmm. in in its entirety really and live yeah. within. What's happening? It's a, because yeah. it's hard. It's harsh. It's brutal. Yeah. It's a, it's such a powerful show, but yes. like it depicts it depicts it's true high school yeah. so well. You yeah. know, maybe not every high school, maybe not your high school, but it does depicts you know a lot of high schools very very well. And I cannot um, be more excited. Like as you said in your tweet, like in the second oh season with Kelvin Harrison Jr. I'm like so to excited. join them, it's, like it's gonna be so. Good. He's a great um, actor as well. But like, hey, congrats again to Zendaya. Like I'm I'm, I'm so 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 excited. Um, and I, man, I can't wait for more people to start talking about Euphoria. Yeah, that's yeah. that's that's a big highlight for me. HBO more really did great this year. Yeah, 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 one hundred percent. They won like I think they had like nineteen wins in tie with Netflix. Like both of them, they got like nineteen wins, and I think Disney Plus got like seven wins, which I didn't expect that this will happen. But like they great, they did great in the technicalities uh, with the Mandalorian. So congratulations to everybody! Congratulations to all the winners. Yeah, it was yeah. uh, good. Start of the fall uh, shows, start of the award season, um, uh, great for TV. TV is like, as Jimmy Kimmel said, it was our friend during this time. It's part of the family. It's our companion for people like living alone. Like it's, it's their only companion for families. It's like part of everything. Can you imagine life without internet, without TV, now without yeah. streaming? It would be difficult. Yeah. So guys, that's it. Our conversation for the Emmys. Next up on the news. MEC Universal's Peacock and Roku announced that Peacock. Whoa, wow. Okay, I gotta go again. MEC Universal's Peacock and Roku announced that they are going to have, that Roku is going to have a Peacock app now available nationwide on the Roku platform. And it's estimated to be reaching 100 million people. Shama. Yes. Why do we care? Why do we care? Okay. <laughs> Roku is one of the widely spread uh, streaming platforms, not streaming platforms, like it's the, the devices. devices. Stream, exactly. Yeah. Because they, they started with their streaming devices and then they became embedded in some of the TV brands. And now they have their own TV brands. As they're, as they're, uh, no, they don't have their own brands, but like TCL, Vizio, they have their deal with them to be in, in high sense. Lots of companies are using the Roku OS. They started their streaming devices at the cheapest rate while while the apple tv the original one was like 150 dollars and the amazon fire stick when it, when it started was like 70 dollars so they were like at the 49 rate with their wow. stick and with their 4k device it was still like at the 70s and the 80s and it was uh, in, includes included lots of uh, channels at the beginning and by channels i mean apps they call their apps channels and they had like their deals with like Google Play. They had like their deals with the Fandango now. They had their deals with Voodoo uh, and YouTube and everything. 
even included like their deal with Apple TV Plus. So Apple TV has their own app on Roku was, was at the very beginning, even wow. before Amazon. So part of the deal when HBO Max was released and uh, Peacock, that the streaming platform, the device owner gets a share of the, gets a cut of the profit, cut of the revenue when somebody subscribed to their services on their platforms. They didn't reach a deal at the beginning, like not not the way like uh, HBO and Peacock reached deals with Apple TV quickly because it's the most because it's the high end platform they would like to be there from the beginning and they agree to everything that Apple puts. But they were trying to negotiate more with Amazon and with Roku. And HBO Max till this moment didn't reach a deal yet to release their HBO Max and people even HBO Max subscribers can use their credentials to log on HBO Go and HBO Now on the these other platforms. But Peacock reached the deal quickly with Roku to, to have their app available there. And by when you mentioned 100 million, uh, uh, million people, because most of these families, they have their second or third TV as one of these ones, one of these Roku platforms. Sure, sure, sure. So they are reaching lots of people. Also, Universal tried to sacrifice with their, with their cut because Peacock starts at a free entry level. And that's what they care about because it includes commercials and ads. So they are making their money anyways. Sure. Cool, 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 cool. So there you go, guys. If you got Roku, uh, you now have Peacock on your Roku. That's what matters. So last up on the news, um, as we mentioned on the site, um, Shama wrote a lovely article about it. Um, MCU, MC, Marvel, somebody has announced uh, that they have their She-Hulk for the Disney Plus TV series. Uh, She-Hulk will be Tatiana Maslany, who is an incredibly talented actress, um, multifaceted. She, she, most people would know her from Orphan Black, mm-hmm. um, in which it's it's difficult to nail down her character because she played so many. Um, and she really, really depicted um, how multifaceted of a performer she is um, and all the sides that she's able to access. Um, and I'm, you know, I wonder, Marvel, Tatiana Maslany, much lesser known name, um, but like the Hulk, as She-Hulk, is, I feel like it's going to be a, an interesting character to depict and an interesting character to see on screen. Um so I wonder if they, they went with Ms. Lani because they knew how versatile she was of an actress. What do you think? I think that's a that's a, a great choice and great cast because of that, that she can change. Yeah. That she can portray different characters. And when you're talking about like a, a lawyer that uh, uh, um, a young girl that can out. be a Hulk. <laughs> and like if, if they're going to do it like the comics that like she's permanently uh, transformed to the Hulk, to the She-Hulk and she doesn't go back to the normal shape. So that, that might be a thing. We don't know if they're going to do it this way or not. But like yeah. when, when, when Disney last year in D23 announced about like the She-Hulk, she everybody was like, oh, who are they going to cast? And we were waiting and waiting. And the only announcement we heard like, was that, that Jessica Gao would be writing the show. And last week we heard that like before, like two days before they announced uh, about casting, they announced that Kat Koiro will be uh, directing and uh, acting as show, showrunner for the show. 
I like what Disney is thinking and the effort they are putting and Kevin Feige's um, vision for Marvel and the Marvel Cinematic Universe, even putting it in the same effort and the same weight on TV. One division, which we will talk later about in the trailers, also, like, you, you can see what they are doing there. Falcon and Winter Soldier. Also, they announced after they, they, they casted uh, Tatiana Maslany for this, that the, the two directors that did Bad Boys for Life will be directing the new Miss Marvel. Until this right. moment, we don't know. But what I love also, that, like, the diversity they did in Miss Marvel. We know that Miss Marvel is like the first uh, Muslim uh, American Pakistani origin or originated American from um, in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, which is a big fan of uh, of Captain Marvel, and uh, she has uh, uh, her uh, like the powers, the different ways of powers that like she can uh, g- get bigger and smaller in sizes. But the way they they chose the directors, they they chose like a documentary director that won the Oscar twice for documentaries, but she's from she's a Pakistani American Pakistani origins. They are choosing like uh, women and men from different um, um, mixed cultures, like um, like the guys that directed Bad Boys for Life. They are Tunisian born. They are, they speak Arabic. They lived in Sweden. They are directing an American movie like Bad Boys for Life. Yeah. So, so they, they are like multicultural. And this is what they are doing in the five directors that they picked for Miss Marvel. They didn't pick the character that would play the, the star that would play the character yet. But I love the, the effort they are thinking about, yeah. like how to make things different, how to get attracted, and how to be diverse. Yeah. And that's, that doesn't mean that like it's the end of like white male directors or white male creators. No. Of course it's like opening more windows for more diversity and more uh, because we, we heard this a lot this a lot no we would like to have the diversity we yeah. would like everything happening from everyone yeah. creators creativity should not have a face should not have a, a shape should not have a color we just like we need people with the most talent to show yeah. and we need to bring them in yeah. best person the, for the job exactly best person, best for, person the job. for the job and just like as far as we listen as far as we open as far as we have our doors open for them to come in and get pitch their ideas. Just listen and watch and see. Absolutely. Tatiana Maslany is the best person for the job. Yes. As yes. decided by Disney. So, uh, yeah, we are, we're going to keep you guys updated on that. I'm um, really excited to see the, the rest of the casting for that and the rest of the casting for Miss Marvel. So again, just, just keep an eye out for that. Keep an eye out on, on the website and on the pod for uh, all the latest news on all that stuff. Last up on the report today, we got trailers. Uh, big week for trailers. Um, we had we had a big week for trailers. Yeah. First off, Mandalorian season two. We got a teaser trailer. A lot of people complained. I thought it was quite good. Yeah, I, I don't know what, what they complained about. I believe like a John Favreau showed in this teaser what people are, were looking for in the next level in the next yeah. season like visually looks stunning we're in different places it does, yeah. in different uh, designs different planets like we see like ice we see snow we see water we've never seen like that much water and ships uh, driving like uh, ships um uh floating yeah oh my god <laughs> they're, they're just on the water yeah it's fine I'm, I'm so i don't remember the word you know like so ships and boats are floating like um uh, we traveling. Saw, like, there you traveling. go. Traveling. Yeah, we, we saw like um, they are connected together because um, like uh, the child and the, the Mandalorian. Um, we see like more of Star Wars. Where he goes, I go. Exactly. 
Like, I, I, I like, I, I really enjoy it. Where I go, he goes. Where he goes, I go. Yeah. No, where I go, he goes. Where I go, he goes. There yeah. you go. Where I go, <laughs> that's why I was like, wait a minute. Um, no, and, and you, I'm not a huge fan of of season one Mandalorian. I thought I know. Boring. that I thought it was quite boring. Um, but I, I feel like what they showed us in this, I'm really hoping that they kick, up, they they take it to another level, and. Uh, and I'm really hoping to see more excitement in this next season. I, so. I really hope so. But Giancarlo Esposito, he said in a recent interview that we will not see most of the revelation, the things that we are waiting for for it to be revealed in the second season or even the third. He said John Favreau is holding things to the fourth season, which is the first time we heard about the fourth because we know that like the third is greenlit and they are like we'll, we'll film some of the third and they are filming things back to back. But we didn't hear about the fourth uh, anything till this interview, so we will see how it will. But I love the idea that we already know about this earlier that they are taking characters from the Clone Wars and from the animation and they are putting them in real life. Like Rosario Dawson's character, like it will be great. Like all these added characters will be great. I'm really excited for this show. It's coming October 30th, and we will fill you in, guys, with our early reactions and everything about the show. Boom, Boom. Everybody's dressing up as Mando for uh, for Halloween this year. There's no Halloween. Lily keeps telling me, there's no Halloween this year. People will be throwing candy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just throw it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You, just, you stand, you stand uh, down their driveway and they just chuck it at you. And I like that like, people are so creative about that. You know what What? what I just found on, uh, yeah. on the online website shopping things? There's like a machine that you put like the bag of candy in it and you click on it and dispense, keep dispensing things, throwing it on people. Yes. So you don't even touch it. That was yes. like crazy. Whoever thought of this, like got yes. prepared early. But they're just going to keep triggering it. So it keeps shooting. It keeps shooting, yeah. One kid's going to take all the candy. Probably. Maybe you can Whoever like, click first. one by one. Like, you know, like the owner. You're just standing dispenser. looking through the window, pressing the button. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, next trailer we're talking about, WandaVision. Uh, it is uh, a spinoff of the MCU characters. Wanda Maximoff, mm-hmm. aka Scarlet Witch, mm-hmm. and the Vision, exactly, aka the guy that used to talk to Tony through his helmet. Yes, <laughs> what was his name? You don't remember his name? Was it Jarvis? Yes. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why I thought I'm thinking Jarvis, and I'm thinking Friday, Friday. No, no, I'm thinking like uh, what's the we get the commercials of that smart computer right now that like they're like you can ask anything to and have a conversation with. What is there? There's there's a computer. Somebody's gonna know. They're gonna hit us up about it. Um, but anyway, so Jarvis, yes, it's Jarvis. AKA his vision, mm-hmm. aka Paul Bettany, <laughs> aka Paul Bettany, aka uh, Elizabeth Olsen, WandaVision. So we have seen images of mm-hmm. WandaVision, um, these weird black and white images of like husband and wife as spouse from like a I Love Lucy era. Very unusual. Um, there still is no synopsis on the show. Mm-hmm. No one knows what the heck it's about, but the trailer gives us a bit of a glimpse. Uh, I don't even know what's going on in this trailer. My guess. Yes. We see a lot of a lot of images, and we see a lot of confusion in the eyes of Elizabeth Olsen and the Vision. Is it the Vision or Vision? Vision. Vision. Uh, A.K.A. Paul Bettany. Uh, <laughs> A.K.A. Jarvis. Um, my So, like, it, it, my guess is, again, this is purely speculation. Scarlet Witch mm-hmm. could not handle the pain. Spoiler alert. Yes. 
of losing vision in the MCU mm-hmm. two years ago, a year and a half ago. Yeah. In Infinity War. Which is like- in Infinity War, which is not even Endgame. So, well overdue spoiler. Um, and I'm guessing she, with her powers, has somehow created a vault somewhere in her mind or something. I don't know. I really don't know. But what I'm watching... I love your idea. Like, if this is yeah, the truth... Like- she has created a vault where she can live with vision. Mm-hmm. But the truth is somehow... And she has chosen to forget that he, that anything ever happened. Mm-hmm. And the, but the truth is is picking away at her because I don't know what something's happening and she has to deal with it. She doesn't know how to. That's a, that's my guess. That's a great guess. Um, but the show looks really interesting. Mm-hmm. I'm not excited for it. I can't say I'm excited for it, but I'm gonna watch it. Aren't you excited to be like this? Is the first to be released from the MCU TV shows, like no. which is partly embedded. So you'll be more excited if it was Falcon and Winter Soldier more than One Division, even with no, I'm not excited the trainers. For that. I'm not excited for that either. So but you'll be excited only for what Loki? Actually, yes, I'll be excited for Loki. Okay, I'm so excited. <laughs> but I'm glad that we're seeing something. I'm glad that we're seeing like a glimpse. Sure, 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 sure. I just hope it's good. I, I I can't I can't put my finger on like why I just I just can't quite decide that it's going to be good. I hope it's good. Oh, I really hope it's good. And I hope it makes sense. I love, like, Catherine Hahn, like, uh, character. Like, I love, like, uh, yeah. she's named Agnes in the in the show, which is, it's not refer- reference, which is not a referral to anybody in the comics, but she might, they might, like, combine a name from one of the witches that was uh, one of the survivors of the Salem uh, witchcraft, and she was helping, oh. she was helping uh, Wanda in doing something. So I I love Raoul's way of uh, guessing that you're talking about like, uh, that's her vision. So it's yeah. like one division, like one that television, as you yeah. said, like it's a television. She's created she's basically. Created. A, and she's doing like these, like everyday uh, soap opera, episode, uh, yeah. sitcom shows, and everyone will be different. So she, it's in her mind. And it's, and how, it's how she grieves. It's how she deals with it. And how she's grieving. I love this idea. It's different. I didn't expect this at all. It might be, which is fantastic. If it's this idea, I would love it. Yeah. I, I will too, if they do yeah. it right. If they do, yeah, yeah. If, if they do it right. Um, by the way, Kat Dennings is in it. And I love Kat Dennings in anything. Yeah. So I'm really yeah. excited to see her. Which is going to be... Uh, it, it, she's been part of the MCU in the past. She was in Thor one oh, too. Yes. So is is there? Are they ignoring? Or no? She's it's playing, the same character. She's, she's playing, playing Darcy same, Lewis. She's playing the same character. So, so I'm really excited so, to see what happens with that. But what time? What time she's in? I mean, they, she can't be in the 60s exactly. or 70s. So because uh, is she only at the beginning? Is she only like uh, she helping is top her? build? She's yeah. I, yeah, she's top build. So I would think she's going to show up more often than once. But I mean, is she helping her? Maybe to get she's back? helping her because like, she's a scientist, so she's helping yeah. her to go to go back. Maybe I don't be- know. Regardless of because Cat Dennings in it and Darcy Lewis in it, I'm really excited to watch this now. That that has like a jump up because I, I noticed that. I like so. I like- hey, WandaVision coming to Disney Plus. Uh, coming soon. They didn't announce coming the date yet. Soon to yeah. Disney Plus. They are just like announced the date of uh, Mandalorian, October thirtieth, and I believe uh, that like it will because originally we had we had one division uh, was supposed to be released in August and uh, Falcon Winter Soldier in November. Mm-hmm. So I believe that one division. I like I think one division will be Thanksgiving time. Okay. So I'm hoping. 
because trust. because like Mandalorian, if it's a one episode a week, it will be over the week before Christmas or the Christmas week. So I don't know like when they're gonna start on the vision, not to not on the same day. But this means that Falcon Winter Soldier might most probably be pushed to twenty twenty one spring. Yeah. So, uh, next trailer, we're talking the glorious, the story of feminist icon Gloria Steinem's itinerant childhood's influence on her life as a writer, activist, and organizer for women's rights worldwide. It is starring Alicia Vikander, Janelle Monet, Julianne Moore, and Bette Midler. And it is directed by Julie Tamer, who uh, is known. She's the Academy Award nominated director. She's known for Frida and Across the Universe. Um, I knew very little about Gloria Steinem until the Apple TV Plus show Dear came out. Um, and because I got to watch that episode of Dear, I got really excited about this movie. And I watched the trailer, and I actually really enjoyed the trailer. Uh, the same for me. I didn't know her at all. I only knew her like from watching Deer on Apple TV Plus. And then when uh, I I know about I heard about the movie, and then I was like so excited like to to know like oh we have great two great actresses playing her role portraying like young her, yeah. portraying her role like young and uh, adult like Alicia uh, Gander, like Oscar winner and Julia Moore Oscar winner. And having like Janelle Monae in that in that role, like especially after seeing her great performance and like uh, Harriet last year and Tabalem and Tabalem like recently, um, I'm so excited for this. Um, the movie's coming end of this month, end of September. Yep. And I think we're watching it like earlier. I think like next week. So I really hope it's it's good. I really hope I I I always get skeptical about like uh, biography. Yeah. Like we just watched another. We we just watched one that like I felt could have been great. But was just yeah because there's always shy. like a very fine line yeah. between documentary and uh, and feature feature film yeah. when when it, when you're doing like biography and then when you're talking about all these different things that come together to create one event you can get lost right and it can feel a bit uh, disjointed exactly right? and, and this this what we that mentioning disjointed like this is what just happened in watching misbehavior it's a great movie great premise we have great performance from Kira Knightley. Jesse Buckley and Gugum Bafferal, like, and and lots of great names, big names in the movie. But like, yeah. you just like feel the movie's not well connected. It's not like even editing problem. It's like um, it's it missing lots of things. But it's a great premise. It's a great story. Yeah, for sure. I I I, I agree with you. That's what I was getting to. Um, absolutely on misbehavior. I feel like it was good. It could have been great. But again, it's, I feel like they're just trying to touch on all these different things that happened to come together to make one major historical thing that happened. Um, and so I'm hoping that's not what happened with, with The Glorious. I'm hoping The Glorious is, is is a really, really excellent film because I want it to be depicted. And I really hope that that kind of makes you want to look into Glorious Steinem and then be like, oh, dear, because dear is a show that not enough people are talking about on Apple TV+. Plus. Um, and the last trailer we're talking about today, guys, The Trial of the Chicago 7. The story of seven people on trial stemming from various charges surrounding the uprising at the 1968 Democratic National Convention in Chicago, Illinois. It is starring Eddie Redmayne, Alex Sharp, Sasha Baron Cohen, Sasha Baron Cohen, Jeremy Strong, 
Yahya Abdul-Mateen, uh, I mean, Mark Rylis, Joseph Gordon-Levitt, um, a ton of people. And it is written and directed by One legendary, great, yes. yeah, well, legendary uh, writer and now director, uh, Aaron Sorkin. He, uh, his directing debut was with Molly's Game with Jessica Chastain. Yeah. And now he is directing The Trial of the Chicago 7 for Netflix. Um, this trailer was fantastic. Yes. I compare it, um, I feel like I compare it to the trailer we recently talked about. Yes. Um, Judas uh, and the Black Messiah. Yes, thank you. Judas and the Black Messiah. I feel like Judas and the Black Messiah is just above the trailer for this one, right? So I feel like it's Judas and the Black Messiah. And Trial of the Chicago Seven just beneath it. Yes. Um, it's it's very similar type trailer. Yes, yes, yes. And it is very, very powerful. Um, it has great moments of humor, but um, it gets the message across of like the relevance, the historical impact, and also it demonstrates what incredible performances we're gonna get and incredible writing, of course, from Aaron Sorkin. Man, I I was already excited for this because I love Aaron Sorkin. Um, I mean, he wrote The Social Network, which is one of my top favorite films of all time. Um, he is a master of dialogue. He treats every scene as if it's a master scene. Yeah. And that's why, like, he yeah. is the best. Um, his dialogue is unparalleled. And, uh, man, I'm, I'm so looking forward to this. Uh, Shama, you've given us a hint. Uh, anything else to say about this trailer? You summarized it. Like you said, like everything that has to be said, like it's from great uh, writer, director, great cast. Like I, I you have like, if you rate me and Mark Rylance, like Sasha Baron Cohen, like uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt, all these people, like they look amazing. The story is like uh, uh, impacting what's happening now. Yeah. And like, I love like the power of protesting, like on the, on, on the, on the screen. I love the colors. I love it. I'm I'm looking forward for this movie. It's coming October 21st, I think. October, October 16th. October 16th. It was too close. Like, uh, yeah, I'm I'm I'm. Oh man, I'm so excited for this. Um, and and and, and I'll mention the poster is awesome. Yeah, it's a great poster. poster. Um, but yeah, look, uh, I'm looking out for that. I think a lot of people are looking out for that. If it's not on your radar, you need to go check out that trailer. ASAP, because it's really good. Uh, Trial of the Chicago 7. Poof, it's going to be uh, something else. I'm really excited. That, and of course, Mank, which is uh, soon to be announced when the heck it's coming out. <laughs> yeah, soon we'll, we'll watch the trailer. And you can, we, we posted on the website about the trailer for The Father and oh, The yeah. Nest, which is a movie in theaters now. Uh, and Trial of Chicago 7, you can find the trailer on our, on our site. Yeah, yeah, the three of them. like, And we'll be putting more of the trailers soon. And that's all what we got for you today. Make sure to get us on all socials at mreportpod. Make sure you head over to the website to check all our new content and all the news. And you can sign up for our newsletter so you can receive all the great content we publish on the site in one lovely package. Like, subscribe, comment, share. Leave us a review on the website, on Apple Podcasts. You can find me at Mohamed Shama. Raul, where can everybody find you? You can find me at the Raul Nevado. Hey, be part of the show. If you have a report, let us know. This is yours, Minorities Report. Peace. <laughs>